going to read from Daniel chapter 3. It's the story of the burning fiery furnace. And by the way, this is a very relevant, a very topical passage to study today. If you've been paying attention to the news during the past week, you'll know about what has happened in a place called Port Talbot in the south of Wales. Perhaps you've heard of the furnaces, the two blast furnaces that are to close. And uh, supported, of course, by our government, who, who are on this mad career downwards. It's all to do with net zero and getting rid of carbon emissions. It's complete insanity, by the way. But the two blast furnaces are to close. And there's furnaces, too, in Scunthorpe. And other two furnaces in there to close as well. And not content with closing the furnaces, but our government want to demolish them as well. So that if a, a government in the future with a wee bit of common sense was elected, that they wouldn't be able to reopen them. Oh, how we need to pray that the Lord would turn our leaders from their madness So just in case you thought, well, the the story of the fiery furnace, that's an old dusty story. Well, we have furnaces in our own nation, but sadly they're about to close. So anyway, let's read this true story from Daniel chapter 3. There's a lot of skeptics say that the miracles in the book of Daniel, they're just myth. They never really happened. Well, we believe the opposite. We believe that they're true and that they really did occur. We're beginning, please, to read at verse number 8 of Daniel chapter 3. Wherefore at that time certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. Anti-Semitism. It's nothing new. The Jews were being accused in Daniel's day. They're still being accused today. Verse 9. They spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. So music is being, being employed here by the devil. In order to get the people to, to fall down, To pay homage to this golden image, which, by the way, was nine stories tall. It's the same height as a nine-story building. But in order to, you know, gently persuade and coax the people to bow down, there's the music, the orchestra strikes up. Of course, the devil has always used music. You do know that Hitler, during the Second World War, He used Wagner's classical music to stir the people up so that they would bow down to Nazism and fascism. Music 
or the devil can use it. So, verse 11, And whoso falleth not down and worshippeth that he should be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now down, please, to verse 19. Verse number 19. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont, or that it was normally, to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, now that word hosen, we would say trousers. They were bound in their, their coats and their trousers and their hats and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. You see, you need to be very careful if you're fighting against God. You need to be very, very careful if you oppose the work of God in any shape or form. These men who were hurling God's servants into the fire, they were consumed, they were incinerated rather than God's three servants. So always be careful. We need to always beware and be wary lest we are hindering God or hindering anyone else from serving God or doing his will. Verse 23, And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, or we would say astonished, and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Well, we've all heard of the horizon scandal in the news. Tragic stories that have come out of that situation. Postmasters, wasn't it 700 or more sub-postmasters who were accused in the wrong? A young Surrey mother jailed when she was eight weeks pregnant with her second child. An innocent Hampshire grandmother who felt she had no choice but to plead guilty to false accounting. 
a cricket-loving father of two who threw himself under a bus after being wrongly accused of theft. What a scandal. No, there's another scandal. Daniel chapter 3 verse 25. And in our King James Version it says, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. So these are the words of King Nebuchadnezzar. And he says, That there's a fourth person who has appeared in the fiery furnace. And uh, his form is like the son of God. Now what's the scandal? Well here it is. If you were to read the amplified version today. The fourth is like a son of the gods. Oh the contemporary English version. The fourth one looks like a god. The... English standard version, the fourth is like a son of the gods. The good news translation, the fourth one looks like an angel. The message, the fourth man looks like a son of the gods. The new international version, the fourth looks like a son of the gods. The revised standard version, the fourth is like a son of the gods. You all see the scandal All of these modern versions deny that it's the Son of God. It's not the Lord Jesus Christ, they say here in Daniel 3.25. No, no. Well, I'm glad that our good old King James Bible says it is the Son of God. We're not part of this scandal today. This scandal of the modern versions... Remember a wee while ago we talked about tampering with the word of God. Oh the scandal of tampering with scripture. And there's a whole lot of churches this morning and they're reading out of all these modern versions. And when it comes to Daniel chapter 3, 25, you no longer have the son of God. You just got a son of the gods. There's the scandal. But to be, you know what, folks, to be quite honest, I don't blame those other churches. I blame the boys who published and printed the modern versions. The boys who made the money out of it. The, the, the boys who are still making the money from them. That's who I blame. But thank God today the Lord has granted us to have this Most accurate version, most accurate translation available in the English language, our beloved authorized King James Version. And we've got the Son of God. We've still got him. We're not not like the Jehovah's false witnesses or the Mormons or the Muslims who say, no, he's he's not the Son of God, this Jesus. No, no. Just a created being. He's a creature. He's just a son of the gods. That's what the false cults will tell you. No, I'm glad to fall in behind the authorized version when it ascribes to him 
the title Son of God. For that's who he is, the Lord Jesus. Now, let me encourage you today by telling you what this Son of God can do. First of all, the Son of God who is described here in Daniel chapter 3, the one who appeared in the furnace with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. What can he do for us this morning? I want to tell you, first of all, he can rescue the perishing. The Son of God, he can do that. A son of the gods can't do it. But the Son of God can do it. The second person of the eternal trinity. He rescues the perishing. I want to tell you that Jesus Christ saves from hell. He saves sinners from going into the flames. And into the fire of hell. You see when you read about these three young Jewish men. Being hurled into the burning fiery furnace. The miracle uh, is there for us to read. It tells us. If you notice in verse 25 in our text, King Nebuchadnezzar said, They have no hurt. No hurt. I want to tell you, for those who are trusting in the Son of God this morning, they will have no hurt in eternity. The fires of hell will not touch them. The flames... Of, of, of eternal damnation and eternal perdition cannot harm them. You see, Jesus rescues the perishing. He still saves sinners from hell. That's why we are planning to be out again on Friday with the gospel in the open air. You know, Amy Carmichael, the missionary to India, from our own uh, little province, Amy Carmichael wrote, a, wrote a, a poem about Christians who were, were sitting near a, a cliff edge. And she describes in her writing how that the Christians were sitting in a wee huddle, in a wee circle, and they were making daisy chains. And all the while, multitudes of people were walking for the cliff edge, And we're falling over into hell. But the Christians, they were happy. They're content inside the four walls of their building. They're making their wee daisy chains. A waterfall of souls. A waterfall of souls. Thank God for the street preachers today. They're on the front line. They're getting it from the devil from every angle. I'm going to tell you something that might surprise you today. There's a lot of people in churches in the Western world today. And those people look down their noses at the street preachers. (laughs) Those street preachers, they're bringing a bad name on... Christians. Well, I beg to differ. One of the reasons why we're in the state we're in today is because we don't have enough street preachers and we don't have enough 
We don't have churches that are prepared to put their money where their mouth is and to encourage their men to go forth and to preach. We have churches today that are not prepared to get involved in the open air ministry and street preaching. It's a tragedy. And those churches will have to answer to God. Ah, they can hold all the light inside the four walls. But there's a waterfall of souls. And it's so long. There's such a stretch of cliff edge. And there's not enough. And not enough Christians there to warn sinners. Not enough street preachers. We're crying out for more. We're crying out for those who'll go out. Leave the, the building. Leave the barracks to reach the lost. For there is a hell and Jesus still saves from hell. You know in Hebrews chapter 11. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Their story is described and it says that. It's the words that are used there are quench the violence of fire. Quench the violence of fire. But they didn't quench the violence of the fire. It was the Son of God who did it. And the fire couldn't harm them. It couldn't hurt them. Are you trusting in Christ today? Is your faith in Jesus? Is your faith in the Son of God who rescues the perishing? Who saves from hell? If it is... Then the, the, the fire will, 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 will have no violence for you. The flames of hell can't hurt you or harm you. Because Jesus has rescued you, he has saved you. And I need no other argument, I need no other plea. It is enough that Jesus died and that he died for me. Brothers and sisters, because there is a hell, that's why we have a week of prayer. To pray that souls will be rescued, that souls will be saved. Lord Jesus, we can't save sinners. You alone can save them. And so, Lord, we come to cry out to you. Will you save sinners from hell? I pray that the Lord will descend and the Holy Spirit will come down this week in our week of prayer. And help us to cry out like never before for those who are perishing. That we might pray for the, the men who go forth to the street preachers. For those who go out into the open air. And brave the taunts and the insults. But are prepared to take it in, or, in order for souls to be saved. God bless this band of soldiers. This band of brothers who go forth into the open air to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. And they do it because they know that the Son of God rescues the perishing. I want to tell you folks that this Son of God not only rescues the perishing, but he, he raises the fallen. He raises the fallen. You notice verse 23 of Daniel chapter 3. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound. Into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Notice those three words. Fell down bound. 
fell down bound. It's very easy to fall physically. And if that has been your experience in recent times, may the Lord touch you and strengthen you and renew your confidence. But I tell you folks, it's very easy to fall spiritually too. Very, very easy. wonder if you've fallen this past week. Just like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they fell into the burning fiery furnace. I wonder is there a, a Christian here this morning who has fallen. And you don't feel too good this morning. And the devil's given you both barrels. You're not saved. No point in you going to a week of prayer. Well, I want to encourage you today. Because Jesus, the Son of God, he raises the fallen. Oh, hope of every contrite heart. Oh, joy of all the meek. To those who fall, how kind thou art. How good to those who seek. You'll find that a lot of Christians will throw you in the scrap heap if you fall. But you'll never find the Son of God doing that. He'll not do it. No, no, he'll take you. Like the vessel that was marred in Jeremiah chapter 18. And he'll make the vessel again. He's always doing it, isn't he? In our lives as believers, he's always removing the rough edges and always molding us. He's a wonderful saviour. The son of God who raises the fallen. That's what he did for his three servants in the furnace. I mean one minute we're told that they fell down into the burning fiery furnace. The next minute we're told in verse 25 that they're walking. Well how do you think that they got up and they walked? I believe it was because the Son of God lifted them. He raised them. Come on, Shadrach. Come on, Meshach. Come on, Abednego. Up you get. Here, I'll give you a helping hand. Boy, isn't it good that the Lord Jesus lifts us when we fall. But the, It says that they were down. They fell down. Into the furnace. Wonder is there anybody here this morning who's down? Did you come into the service today down, discouraged, in despair? You've come to the right place. Because the Son of God who was in the burning fiery furnace is here today as well. And he's here to lift you up. From the depths of despair. I mean that's what the psalmist cried in Psalm 130. Out of the depths, O God, have I cried unto thee. Son of God raises the fallen. We have to be honest, folks. Certainly I can 
I have no problem acknowledging that there are times whenever I fall as a believer. Of course, it all goes back to the fact that we have two natures within us. We have the new nature that Christ gave us when we were born again. But there's also that fallen nature, that old nature within us that still lingers. It's a bit like in Genesis. You remember there in the book of Genesis you have the story of Noah's Ark. And we read in the book of Genesis about the two birds that Noah sent forth from the ark. You've got the raven and the dove. And I want to tell you today that in the life of every Christian is the raven and the dove. The raven representing that old, wicked, vile nature. The dove representing the Holy Spirit, the new nature within us. And there's a conflict that's continually going on according to Galatians chapter 5. There's a battle between the raven and the dove. And that battle will be ongoing until the day we breathe our last breath. So here's the question. How, do you, how does the new nature win the victory over the old nature? How can the old nature be mortified and conquered? Here's my advice. Starve the raven. Starve the raven. Don't feed your old nature. Feed the dove. Spend time in God's word. It's amazing what you'll discover. Spend time in prayer. And you'll find that the power of the raven decreases. The power of the dove increases. Starve the raven. Yes, the Lord Jesus rescues the perishing. He raises the fallen. Another we thought as we finish, he releases the captive. The Son of God who appeared in the burning fiery furnace rescues the perishing, raises the fallen, and releases the captive. What did Nebuchadnezzar say in verse 25? He said, I see four men loose. They're loose. Previously, according to verse 21 and verse 23, they were bound. Bound. They fell down bound into the burning fiery furnace. But now they're free. Now they've been loosed. Some of you good folks need to be loosed. Aye, you're saved, but you're not loosed. And only the Son of God can loose you so that you can make your way to the week of prayer. Some of you, 
And you need the Lord to loose your tongue. So that you'll witness for him when the opportunity arises. So that you'll open your mouth in prayer. And cry out for souls to be saved. The souls in your family circle. And the Son of God can loose. I can't do the loosing. Only he can do it. He can loose you and set you free. For he releases the captives. The hymn writer put it so well, didn't he? Once I was bound by sin's galling fetters, chained like a slave, I struggled in vain. But I received a glorious freedom when Jesus broke my fetters in twain. Glorious freedom. Wonderful freedom. No more in chains of sin I repine. Jesus, the glorious emancipator, now and forever, he shall be mine. Do you need to be loosed? Come to the Savior. Cry out to him, Lord, loose me so that I can live my life for you. So that I can so that I can live a life that brings glory to you. Some of us brothers and sisters, you know what our problem is? We're still in the paddling pool. We're still, spiritually speaking, we're in the wee paddling pool. When there's a big pool out there that the Lord has for us and he wants us to get into it. And there's room to swim. To swim for Jesus. My prayer today is, Lord, take us out of the paddling pool of Christianity. Let's pray.